Amen. Thank God for the miracles in our lives. Can we just give a round of praise to God? And I'm thankful that it's Thanksgiving. I mean, that holds a lot of meaning, I know, for a lot of different people. And uh, I appreciate Pastor Stacy and her prayer naming that it can be difficult for us on different levels as we celebrate this uh, holiday, particularly during a season of pandemic or coming out of it. Uh, I want to name that um, Thanksgiving is particularly difficult for me. Uh, and maybe you can relate in this particular way. It's difficult for me because Thanksgiving reminds me that I can't cook. Uh, can't cook, can't bake. I'm hopeless. Like, I mean, there are three things I can do, and they involve meat and a grill, and that's about it. But, uh, but I still enjoy it. I enjoy celebrating it, being with people, being with family when we can and as we can. And I get into the sort of the sappiness of it, uh, if you will, just... Uh, which is why I end up buying $3 salt and pepper shakers after I see the Publix commercial. Have you, have you got these? Has anybody got these? Yeah, I saw a hand raised, I thought. Anybody got these uh, little Pilgrim salt and pepper shakers? Or you recognize them from the commercial, right? I mean, first time I saw them. Next time I was in Publix, you know, I went and bought some. Um, and, and this is about the extent of my cooking skill. I know, it really is. I can salt, I can pepper with the best of them. Uh, and so in the spirit of not, me not being able to cook and um, <clears throat> these salt and pepper shakers and, and the sort of the sappiness of the holiday season that we can get into and appreciate, I'm going to offer you a recipe this morning, a Thanksgiving recipe from somebody he, who can't cook. Very basic recipe, okay? So I hope you'll go with me on that. And the recipe I want to offer you comes from the scriptures. It's a Thanksgiving recipe. Uh, from First Thessalonians, and I'm going to read that passage of Scripture for you in just a second. But I uh, just want to set it up for you. Paul's writing this letter to these first-generation uh, Christians in Thessalonica, and it's really a letter to say to them, even though I'm not with you, he's writing, them, writing to them from a distance, even though I'm not with you, I'm proud of you. I, I see your faith, and I celebrate it with you, and he, he's writing to encourage them. And when you come to the end of this letter, which is chapter 5, what I'm going to read from, he sort of he goes into this, um, just these statements of encouragement for them, and he tells them things like this. Live in peace with each other. Watch out for one another. Encourage each other. Comfort each other. Help each other. Be patient with one another. And then sort of tucked right into all of that is the Thanksgiving recipe. And, and I want to share it with you, maybe even teach it to you, if you will. And so I'll invite you to, to sort of say that recipe with me out loud this morning. And uh, we'll go out of here, hopefully, with a Thanksgiving recipe all of us can use. And uh, so this is the scripture for us this morning. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It's on the screen. You can follow along as I read it out loud. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so right there in just those three short little verses is a wonderful Thanksgiving recipe. That starts with rejoice always. So as we go to enjoy Thanksgiving uh, whatever that might mean for you, if you're sharing a meal with other people, um, I hope that you can remember this first ingredient in this Thanksgiving recipe, and that is to rejoice always. And 
That word in the Greek that's used there for rejoice is a calm cheerfulness, which I think is a great picture for what it means to rejoice, to to reflect, to repeat the joy of Christ in us, is to rejoice. And rejoicing as a sense of a calm cheerfulness then doesn't necessarily have to be exuberant. It doesn't have to be effusive. Although I I have had that experience before with people, I'll confess, um, when I've encouraged people to be joyful and they say, well, I am joyful. And I want to say, well, tell your face, you know, like, but, but acknowledging that, that the joy that we're talking about here and in this recipe, rejoicing, reflecting the joy of Christ in us, isn't necessarily just what's floating on the surface, if you will. It's something else. It's something more. It's something deeper. We rejoice from a joy that is deep down in us. And you know this already because I bet if you've been around the church any length of time, as soon as I go into this little refrain, you'll catch it and come along with me. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. Where's the joy? Down in my heart. Right? Rooted deep down in there within me. Deeper than the circumstances or the situation or the moment or the experiences that you might be having, there is a joy in Christ that is rooted deep down inside of us. And when we rejoice, we are reflecting that joy that is within us, that gift from God. That gives us joy. That joy that is rooted in who we are as children of God. That joy that is rooted in God's presence and provision in our lives. And God's invitation to all of us to be a part of God's kingdom in every possible way. That transcends time and space and whatever may be in the news. And also goes down to the very deepest part of who we are. In our hearts. And so the invitation from Paul to the Thessalonians and to you and to me, the first ingredient into this recipe, this Thanksgiving recipe, is to rejoice and to rejoice always. I put it this way it's a choice to rejoice. There may be moments where it doesn't feel easy. Or things may not line up in such a way that that just immediately motivates you to want to rejoice. But it's a choice to rejoice. When I meet with uh, couples who are getting married and part of the premarital counseling, we spend quite a while talking about communication. It's the most important thing we do and it's the hardest thing we do. It's communicate well with each other. Marriage or not, just communicating with each other. And one of the things I tell couples is... Make a list 
of all the things that you love and appreciate about your significant other. Literally, if you want to, if that helps you like journaling, make a list or at least mentally make a list and go over it often. Remind yourself. And then I tell them for bonus points, say it out loud to them. (laughs) Here's why I love you. Here's what I appreciate about you. It's an important exercise to remind ourselves of what we love and appreciate about someone else because our human tendency, for some reason, is to focus in on the things that bother us, the things we don't like, the things that aggravate us or hurt us. It may be part of our fight-or-flight sort of brain, you know, that self-defense and preservation, that we pay attention to the things that hurt us, that harm us, that bother us as a way to protect ourselves. And so we have to consciously name those things that we love and appreciate, name our joys that we have in life, the gifts of joy and blessings that we have from God. If we don't, we'll have a tendency to focus in on the things that bother us, the things we don't like, the things we disagree with, the things we wish we were different, and that'll take our attention. And so the recipe for thanksgiving begins with rejoicing. And rejoice always. Let me name some joys for you. If you're a part of this congregation, if you're sitting here this morning, or you're with us online, here's some joys for you. The Thanksgiving food drive that is going on right now this weekend that you have participated in and contributed to either with your prayers, financially donating food, helping to sort it, pack it, deliver it, is going to provide a Thanksgiving meal to over 600 people in our community. Over 170 families are going to enjoy a Thanksgiving meal because of the efforts and work of this congregation and people connected to it. And with the leadership, by the way, of a few people that they didn't know I was going to name them out loud, but Linda King, who's on staff, Kathy Newbell, who's sitting right there, and her mother, Marilyn Van Note, who's sitting right there. Thank you for your leadership in that effort. They want to clap a lot louder than that, but they're not sure if you want to be acknowledged. So that's a blessing. That is a joy for our community, for us, that we get to be a part of. Let me name another joy for you. We have right now Advent in a Box an effort from this church to bless people in our community, to give them the opportunity to celebrate Advent in their homes, with their families, with one another throughout the Advent and Christmas season. And so those boxes are being packed and labeled right now to go out this next week. We have almost 200 families in our community who have already said, yes, please, can I get one? We just launched this last weekend. And, and there's only a handful of those families that are actually members of this church The rest of them are people connected to our church or who live in our neighborhood. These are families all around us that we are offering an opportunity to, and they said, yes, we would like it, please, to celebrate Advent and Christmas together as a family. That's a joy, something to celebrate for us. Let me name another joy for you. The UMW, United Methodist Women, had a bake sale a virtual bake sale. You, you went online and, and bought what you wanted. My chocolate peanut butter pie is already gone. <laughs> and I did most of that work myself. I'm proud of it. But our United Methodist Women had a bake sale, a virtual bake sale that, that concluded this weekend. 25 bakers from within this congregation who provided all sorts of baked goods, and they raised $3,400 for mission and ministry 
to happen out of this congregation. Amen, right? Celebrate that. That, that money is going to our backpack, backpack Buddies program. It's also going to a new ministry that we partner with called Hands of Hope that works in the hollers of West Virginia, as well as it's going to the Liberian Street Girls Mission, which is a collaborative ministry effort by other United Methodist churches, including ours. These are joys. These are things for us to celebrate this Thanksgiving season. So the, the first part of this recipe is to rejoice always. Will you say it with me? Rejoice always. One more time. Rejoice always. And then the second ingredient or the second step in this recipe is to pray. Pray continually. I don't know if you were in here last week or with us online when we celebrated confirmation. We had 10 young people that stood right here in front of the congregation and said, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to follow him. And we celebrated that with them. And it was a culmination of a season of learning and reflection and prayer. But I said uh, last Sunday in my message that one of the things that they did as an exercise that I enjoyed particularly was when they were learning about prayer is they wrote their own version of the Lord's Prayer. As we come to this second ingredient in this Thanksgiving recipe to pray continuously, I think about that exercise that they did. And I did it with my son, who was one of those confirmands. As we wrote out our own version of the Lord's Prayer. And one of the reasons they do that is to teach you about the Lord's Prayer, to teach it to you as a model for prayer, as a guide for a way to pray. So as you pray and when you pray, and if you decide you want to pray, that is a great prayer to pray. You can pray it verbatim out of the scriptures or out of the Methodist church liturgy. It's a great prayer to pray, but it also teaches you a model to pray, how to pray, the things to be mindful of when you pray. And I appreciate that they got to write their own version because it taught them that you don't have to pray it just one certain way. And in fact, the exercise encouraged them to experiment with prayer. It was a prayer lab exercise that encouraged them to pray at different times and in different places with different postures, different lengths of prayer. Pray silently. Pray out loud. Pray with music. Sing your prayer. Write your prayer. Draw your prayer. You see, the exercise was not just to teach you a prayer, but to give you the experience and the encouragement to pray. And as Paul said it, pray continuously. As you pray in all these different ways and all these different times, you find yourself being more and more able, capable to pray. Whatever the moment is, whatever the situation is, whatever the need or the joy is, to pray. Just pray. And you hear pray continuously, does that mean that I'm always, you know, in a corner somewhere down on my knees with my eyes closed and my hands folded, talking to God? Not, not necessarily, right? You can pray driving down the road, keep your eyes open. You can pray driving down the road or in the classroom. We can pray continuously. Now granted, setting time aside to pray, right? When you make time to pray, the more times you make time 
to pray, the more prayer just becomes a part of how you spend your time. It just becomes a part of the way you live your life. That you find yourself living your life in this conversation with God. Of talking and listening. Of opening up your life and your heart to your creator. To your sustainer. To your savior. And naming your hopes. And your dreams. Your fears. Your regrets. Your desires. Your wishes. Naming them all before God. Which puts us in a place of prayer where we're doing just as much learning and listening as we are talking and calling forward or calling for. So we don't look at God as a genie in a Bible, but as one who shapes and forms our lives, and it is prayer by which we are shaped and formed. And so the second ingredient, or the second step in that recipe, is to pray and to pray continually. Can you say that with me? Pray continually. Come on, one more time. Pray continually. So now we've got two ingredients for this Thanksgiving recipe. To rejoice always and pray continually. Can you say the recipe with me? Rejoice always and pray continuously. John Wesley, who's sort of the patron saint of the Methodist movement, said about this scripture that those two things lead us to thankfulness. When we rejoice always and pray continuously, then we give thanks in every situation. That is our thanksgiving recipe. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. And give thanks to God in every situation. And that is an active thing, that giving thanks. May it never be assumed or understood, but active and expressed that I am thankful, that we are thankful. In just a moment, as we come to this Thanksgiving meal of communion, as we come to our Thanksgiving table with God, may we come rejoicing, come prayerfully, and come giving thanks. And when we come to the table on Thursday, may we come with that same recipe, rejoicing. Praying and giving thanks to God. And that practice of giving thanks is good for us too. It helps prevent for us any kind of pride. It helps erase entitlement. It reminds us who we are thankful to, who provides for us. This is not of our own gain or doing. It is God who's giving to us, blessing us. So it can help prevent that pride and ease or erase any sense of entitlement that we might carry because it's a gift. Life is a gift that we receive so freely. 
And we are thankful. So it's rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in every situation. Can you say that whole thing with me? Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in every situation. So you just memorize scripture, you got a Thanksgiving recipe, it's a good way to head into this week. As you come in just a little bit for communion, this is also going to be our opportunity to give our offering. And so if you, if you want to do that uh, online, if you want to do it digitally, there's ways that you can do that that are up on the screen. You can text or you can go to the website. If you've brought something that you want to give this morning, you're in the room, uh, there's baskets that are up here that you can put your offering in as you come forward for communion. But here's the other thing about thankfulness, right? Is When we're thankful it makes us want to bless other people. When we, when we realize the gifts that we've received and we recognize the giver and the impact and meaning that it has in our lives, then we want to bless other people. And that's what you do with your offering. When you give to the church, it is a way to bless other people, to express your thankfulness to God. And some of those things we just named and celebrated, like the Thanksgiving food drive and the Advent in a box... The bake sale. I mean, every time you give an offering, you give to make sure that there's a place, there's facilities, there's staff and leadership that's available, there's the program materials that are needed, all of that to make those kind of things happen when you give. So I just encourage you to be mindful of that as you come to give your offering today when we share in communion. You know, this, this Thanksgiving table for us this morning is maybe it's just a precursor of you for Thursday it can be your meal will probably be bigger than this <laughs> not if I was cooking but but this is how we're going to share communion this morning I mean this is still our effort to be safe and give, give people the opportunity to have distance and be sanitary with our communion meal it's uh it's bread and juice they're all gluten-free uh, it's bread and juice contained in, in one. So um, you, you peel off the side with the bread and you take the wafer and you eat it. And then you turn it over and you peel off the side with the juice and you drink it. And in that way, receive the body and blood of Christ. And so what I'll do in just a little bit is invite you forward. Pastor Stacy and I will be up here with baskets of these and you can take one. And uh, if you want to kneel at the rail and receive communion, you're welcome to do that. If you want to take it back to your seat and receive communion there, you're welcome to do that as well. And, and I want to let you know that this meal, this Thanksgiving table, this is Christ's table. And, and Christ invites all to his table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. He just invites you to come looking for him. Invites you to come to know him. And I would say invites us to come this morning rejoicing and prayerful and thankful. And this is a meal that Jesus shared with his disciples right before his arrest and his crucifixion and his resurrection. And he told them to take this bread. He broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Take it and eat it and every time you do, remember me. And then he took the cup. He gave thanks for it. And he told them, 
this is my blood poured out for you and for everyone for the forgiveness of sin. Take it and drink it. And every time you do, remember me. And that's what we do this morning at this Thanksgiving table together. As Pastor Stacy invited the folks online, if you've got your elements prepared, uh, we're going to pray a blessing over the elements together. And then we'll invite everyone to come forward and receive and invite you to do the same uh, wherever you are this morning. Let's pray. God, we are thankful. With this recipe, we, we rejoice. We intentionally revisit and reflect the joy of our salvation, the joy that we have in you. God, we rejoice. And in this moment, and always, we pray. We open up ourselves, our lives to you. All of who we are. God, we say that we want to be who you created us to be. We want life the way you created us to live it. And we give thanks. God, we're thankful for these elements, for the gifts of bread and juice. We ask you to make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be the body of Christ for the world redeemed by his blood. Oh God, will you pour out your blessing on this meal and on all of us who will receive it that we may be thankful. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.